You're listening to the Glow Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Sun. I'm a spiritual baddie who is passionate about real transformation. These raw and unfiltered conversations are meant to break off limiting beliefs and leave you feeling more free to be your truest self. Let's dive deep. With over eight years of experience in communication, digital, and influencer marketing within the fashion sector, Sharon Brand uses her international and widespread experiences to individually consult brands, influencers, and entrepreneurs on how to elevate their online presence and achieve their goals through various branding and marketing initiatives. As a Parsons Paris graduate, Sharon applies her skills to build her clients' trust and creates a strategic business plan that is easy to understand and follow that reflects the brand's need of growth. Results-driven and passionate, Sharon has grown her own social media following over the years by creating an online community and by working closely with various international brands. Hello, Sharon. Welcome to Glow Radio. I'm so excited to have you today. Thank you so much. I'm super excited also, and I'm excited also to you know tell you all about my experience and all that. And I hope everybody who's listening can, um, I guess, come up with a thing or two from our conversation. So thank you so much, Jacqueline, for, for having me up here. Yeah, for sure. So before we dive in, how about you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and how you started your social media business? Yeah, of course. So I was born in Paris, and I grew up in Montreal. So I came here when I was seven. And you know, it was so nice growing up in Canada. I feel like it's the best quality of life because there's the four seasons, so you get to go skiing and skating and then see all the colors and falls. So it was just so great uh, growing up here. But at 19, I decided to go to Tel Aviv and study communication. So I went there for three years and I also did a minor in marketing. So my passion was really, you know, communication and social media. And then I decided to do my master's in fashion studies because I've always been such a fan of fashion. And so I combined both communication and fashion and launched a social media company that helps fashion, lifestyle, beauty uh, businesses, small businesses, uh, to grow grow on Instagram. So what we do essentially is help them online grow their content and make everything aesthetically pleasing, but also working with influencers to grow their business. And it's been such a journey. I launched the business during COVID. So, you know, it was the pandemic and everyone was home and I really didn't expect, um, you know, the everything that happened afterwards, I didn't expect to happen so quick. But in the end, you know, I don't regret anything. And it was really the best decision because it was so not planned I would say and yeah today we're still you know we're three on the team we have a few clients all around the world and it's been just a real big journey that sounds amazing uh is this your first business that you've launched yeah it is I mean I've never launched anything before I worked a bit here and there I always worked everywhere I went so in New York and Israel but it's the first time I'm like on my own like this but I feel like I've always been super you know disciplined about like waking up early making lists like doing this 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 so so it was like I was meant to do this and I, I love it that's awesome I feel like it's definitely it sounds like it is meant to be because it's going so smoothly for you what, what would you say were some of your biggest challenges that you've gone through since starting? Yeah, I think one of the biggest challenge was probably 
I guess going with my gut feelings for a certain situation, you know, sometimes there is a time where I wish that things worked out a way or another. And then I had to, you know, really listen to myself when my body was telling me and say no to, for example, clients working with us, or let's say a team member joining the team, just because it, in the end, it wasn't right for the business. So I think one of the challenges really to tell myself the business is business and everything is professional. And when I say no to someone or when I don't you know, work with someone, it's not because on a personal level, I don't like that person or that client. It's because professionally, like with a business, I can't, it's not sustainable for it. And I feel like it's a constant reminder when there's new people coming in and talking to me that they want to work with us. I have to really you know, ask myself, okay, well, is this the right fit? I love that. I feel like that is so important. And I think it's awesome that you learned that so early on, because I feel like that's something that's taken me like years to learn because I used to I used to do health coaching. And I feel like at that okay. time, I took on like a lot of nightmare clients. And then I thought that coaching wasn't for me. But then I realized it was just because I was saying yes to the wrong people. Everyone. Yeah. And I mean, even for you right now, like with the podcast guest, it's like you're not going to take anyone and everyone. You're going to really be selective about your speakers because you want everything to be valuable for your audience. So it's so good that, you know, we can get to be selective and not say yes to everyone. But I totally get what you say. Like so, sometimes you, you're thinking, OK, well, what am I what is what I'm doing? Like not right. But maybe you just don't have your target audience uh, set and and on the lookout. So, yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah, for sure. On that note, too, because I feel like in the past, I was really struggling with like choosing my niche, choosing my topics. I feel like I pivoted a few times. And then at one point, I was like, I don't feel like niching is right for me. But now I've realized that basically niching is just being really clear about what you offer, who you want to attract so that you can attract the right people instead of people who you don't align with. Exactly. And I've had uh, moments where, you know, I said yes to so many clients at the beginning because I kind of needed the portfolio and I needed the brand book and I needed to have experience also. So at the beginning, it wasn't, I wasn't selective. I was saying yes to a lot of people. And then I, now that it's been a year, I get to actually pick and it's really nice because yes, it's niche, but then when you have the right people in, you just, you know, it's like everything aligns. And then you get to work with even more people and then more doors open, so more opportunities. And then it all kind of falls into place. Totally. That's so awesome. What is, <laughs> Thank you. What, what, like, what goes through your mind like day to day? Like, are there any days where you feel very overwhelmed with things? And then how do you kind of tackle those sorts of days? I love that question definitely yes what really really I feel like grounds me back to you know okay I have to work and I have to do this and that and that is making a list and I know you've probably heard it so many times because people I know a lot of other people that love doing lists but really truly this is what works for me at least whenever I don't do them because sometimes I'm like okay Sharon you know what like let's do a day without a list like you know you can do you know what you have to do and yes, I do, but just the idea of like having everything written down and then crossing it off makes such a big difference for me. I feel like I actually like achieved something, I've done something and also placing everything in my calendar. So let's say I want to get a quick, you know, 15 workout in. 
I'm actually going to put it in my calendar so I don't feel overwhelmed if let's say I have a break and then I'm not sure what to do and I could work on so many things but I know that like I said myself like okay work out 15 minutes it's not a long time short sweet you know so I feel like staying really on track of my calendar and making a list is really what works for me but of course there's days where you know I wake up and I'm also again I would say even non-motivated not because uh, I don't like what I do, but just because I'm tired sometimes, which is a normal human feeling. Uh, but then I have to remind myself, you know, like this is my business and I'm reminded of my why and why did I start this? And it kind of motivates me um, in like one second. And then I kind of just like get out of bed and start to tackle work. That's awesome. Let's dive a little bit deeper into your why. So what is your big why for starting your business? Yeah, so I really essentially wanted to help small businesses. Uh, that is really like the essence of why I started DMG. I've always wanted to, you know, help people who are struggling with making their feet pretty or just struggling to grow. I always gave tips to my friends who started their businesses uh, for free before I started DMG. I was always the one where, that people called like, Sharon, I need help with, you know, making a story, making a highlight cover, blah, 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 all those things. And at, at a point I told myself, okay, well, you know, I should start a business out of it because so many people are coming to me. And, and I did. And now the why is really put on there every single day. And, you know, what really brings me joy, I would say, is when my clients are telling me that they're so happy to work with me because everything we do is super one-on-one -on -one and intimate. So I feel like when I get those responses, it's like such a good feeling because you really, you help someone and yes, you get paid for it. But at the same time, you, you know, I, I don't say yes and take the money and that's it and I leave. It's so, it's such a satisfying feeling when you know you've like really truly helped them. And I feel like it's the same thing for you when you do, you know, your, your health coaching and then you get people who are really telling you like, thank you so much for your help. Like I feel so much better. This is Instagram, but it's the same thing. <laughs> totally. I totally understand that. It's, it's like so fulfilling when you can just help someone get closer to their yeah. goals. And I feel like I remember, I think you messaged me and you told me that you are a Taurus. And I feel like that's very aligned with what you're doing because Taurus is like ruled by the planet of Venus and Venus is all about beauty, love, aesthetics, like making things look pretty. And I feel like that's just so aligned with who you are. I didn't know that. That's so cool. I, I knew that Taurus were, were very loyal and very uh, stubborn also, but I didn't know at all about planet of Venus. Oh, huh, that's so interesting. Yeah, I feel like you could look into that more. And Taurus is definitely, they're very loyal, stubborn, but stubborn sometimes can be a good thing because I feel like- I know. <laughs> I feel like that means that you're enduring and persistent. Yeah, it's true. And I'm also, I'm really like this. Like if I have something in mind that I want to do, I just go for it and I do it. And sometimes it's not a bad idea, but then I learn about it and I, you know, I, I just stop and I go on with the next thing. But sometimes the craziest thing I've done that were so out of the blue were done, you know, without thinking and they ended up blossoming and growing. And just like DMG, it was, you know, like this one morning website, logo, design, brand identity. And then here we have, we have a website and then clients and okay, there I go. I love that. So what do you think are some tips that you have for someone who might want to start their own business and they're in the early stages? So if you're in the early stages, I think you should really not give up, but you need to have your why. Because if you don't, 
then you don't have really the core of your business. And so I think you should really sit down and ask yourself, you know, what is it that I want to do and why do I want to do this? And once you do, if you create values for your company, then everything is kind of, you know, bridging together. And you could really start off with a really strong, I feel like a core you know, for the business, because if you don't and you just start something without thinking, that's great also, but it could happen that, you know, after a few months, you just don't believe in yourself anymore, or you don't believe in your, your business anymore. But if you have your why written down, then it really, really helps. But then more concretely, I think that if you are in the early stages, it is really good to network as much as you can. Like, I love that, you know, we met on Instagram and now we're recording this podcast. Like, you never know who you're going to meet online. And we have this chance that everything is, you know, right on the tip of our fingers on our phones. And we can talk to so many people today on Instagram. So take that advantage and talk to as many people as you can, because you never know after you launch your business, who can help you, who can talk about you, uh, who you can, you know, you might end up working with that person in the future. And so, yeah, networking, I'm a big advocate for it. And I really encourage it to anybody who's starting a business. That's really helpful advice. How, let's talk a little bit more about networking. Like what are your tips for approaching people or finding the right fit? And then let's say someone rejects you and doesn't want to connect. How do you handle that? Yeah, so I don't know about you, but before COVID, I used to go to a lot of networking events and parties and I used to meet a lot of people. And that was obviously much easier because I'm, I'm kind of like a people's person. So I wouldn't care going up to someone and saying hi, introducing myself and all that. So I think to be a fearless networker, you just have to remind yourself that no one really is going to be mean or bite you. And they're just, you know, if they're not interested, then they're going to tell you they're not interested. And they're just going to be maybe a bit rude, but that doesn't reflect who you are as a person. And so you're not losing anything, you know, it's, you can go up to someone and talk to them and you might gain something out of it. And worse comes to worse, you don't gain anything and you move on to the next person. So I think you still have to be really kind because you don't want to come off as someone that wants to network just to gain something. You want to really also give because in the end, they're also, you know, it's cool. Like they're going to meet you and you have like a unique personality and a unique voice and a unique story. And I think that's so special. And I think that every time I was, you know, networking with someone, yeah, sometimes there were people that weren't interesting in my story, but then the ones that were, we kept in touch on Facebook, Instagram, and today I'm able still to talk to them. And when the business launched, they refer me to the clients. And so um, I think there's something so powerful in it, but that was offline. If I was going to talk about Instagram, then it's even easier. You can be in PJs in your bed, take every day 15 minutes to engage with people that you think might be relevant or for your business, or for you personally, you never know, and just send them a DM. Uh, people look at their DM, and people are interesting in, you know, interested in making new connections, especially after the year that we've had. Uh, we haven't seen anyone really. So introduce yourself, say hi, where you're from, why you're interested in their profile, and and then you know let the magic do its work. And then if they leave you on red, then I feel like you know you move on to the next person and. Once again, don't get discouraged because it's not you. It's probably them that are, are busy or not interested. And that's totally fine. So it's just a reminder of like telling yourself everything I do, like it's okay. There's no like good or wrong, um, you know, reasons or things that I'm doing. 
I really love that because I feel like a lot of people, entrepreneurs, or even in your personal life, we tend to get discouraged when someone ghosts us or we get a no, you know, but I love that you don't dwell on that and you just like move forward because it's not a big deal. You know your worth and you can just move on to the next thing. Yeah, I feel like even for you, if you were going to ask people to be on your podcast and some people wouldn't answer, well, you're not going to sit there by your desk waiting for that person to answer because then you don't have an episode. So you're just going to go on and continue messaging people. It's the same thing for really for everything. But yeah, I would really recommend being really kind and not aggressive. Like if someone doesn't answer, if someone, you know, if that makes you upset, then if it makes you upset, then I feel like it's something you should check into like with yourself you know like why does it get me upset and then once you know then you could really move on from there Mm, I love that I feel like reflecting is definitely a good way to kind of develop yourself too to see how you get better in your business your personal life so I feel like you have this very strong mindset which I really admire I love it it's so inspirational how do you, how did this come about? Like, do you feel like, did someone teach you to have this type of mindset? Was it in your family or did you learn from like a mentor? How did you develop this mindset? Well, thank you, first of all, because I, I do think that I have like a strong mindset, but I, I felt like, I don't know, I felt it's the first time that someone tells me this, so thanks. But um, I, I think first of all like my dad is very hardworking. like he wakes up at six every morning but he just naturally wakes up it's not like he's dreading going to work and he just always loved you know working and going outside not staying at home always keeping busy and I really got this from him like I wake up super early also but naturally I just wake up when the sun is up also and then I just get to work I've never really stayed you know not doing anything even when I lived in Tel Aviv and I didn't know Hebrew I always tried to find jobs here and there just to meet people to do you know to figure out what I like doing and so I didn't get a mentor I don't have a life coach I don't have any of those coaches I do have a great therapist and I feel like that's really uh, like helpful along the way of like your growing journey as like a young adult Um, but I mean aside from that I feel like I've just always wanted to you know make a change and help people and just always work also because I'm not the kind of person that just stays in bed the whole day and I I can't stay like in bed past 7 a.m like if I'm in bed and I'm up I'll just get out of bed so that's the kind of person I am and I feel like it really helped me I, I guess like bring in a business alive and now you know I have something of my own and I need to really physically get up every morning and actually work for it that's awesome how So how did you find a good therapist? Like, do you have any tips for that? So I was really lucky, but I had a friend that knew one that recommended me to her. So, I mean, I know it's such a, such a like chance and it doesn't happen to everyone. So I'm lucky enough that I didn't have to look for so many before finding the right one because it was right away, like a really good match. But I, I know a few people that looked on websites and then contacted all of them. And once they had their first phone call, they kind of saw the vibe and then went to like a second round where they actually went into the office. The first consultation I think was free, at least in Montreal. And then you, um, and then, you know, saw if it was a match or not, but I'm, I think it's different everywhere also from the country you're living in. I know in Paris it's different and mine is from New York from when I used to study there. But I just got really lucky that it was a match right away, I guess. 
I think that's really awesome. I feel like it's also like, yes, you were lucky, but I think because like your mindset is already pretty strong, you were able to attract someone who was suitable for you. Because I find that in my own life too, like if I'm going through a period of time where I feel like my mindset is a bit more negative, then I tend to attract more people that are negative. But then if I'm feeling really good about myself, if I'm taking care of myself, then I tend to attract people who are more aligned. Yeah. And I think also when you want to be vulnerable and you want to open up to talk about what bothers you, then, well, maybe there's different approaches of the therapies that they can take, but I feel like it really comes up to you in the end. Like if you're vulnerable and you want to share what bothers you, then you're here, you're open. And then, you know, they're going to try everything to help you because in the end they're there for that. That's their job. But I just find it so interesting how, you know, it's such a taboo subject for obviously like the older generation, at least like my parents, my grandparents, it's like going to a therapist, it's like you're crazy or, you know, why are you going to see a therapist? But it's like, if you have an eye problem, you go to the eye doctor. So same thing, you have a mind problem, you're going to see a therapist, which is a doctor. And I just, it's, it was really this like growth for me to actually go see one because you're finally realizing that it's it's so helpful and there's nothing to be ashamed of by seeing one. Exactly. I completely agree with that. What would you say has been one of your biggest lessons that you've learned from therapy? Uh, that's a really good question. Do, do you have one that you want to share first? <laughs> Well, I personally haven't gone to therapy. Like, well, like I've seen therapists, many therapists in the past. And like I said, I feel like that was during a very negative kind of toxic period of my life. And I didn't really find any therapists that were suitable. But lately I've been learning a lot from, I don't know if you've heard on Instagram, the holistic psychologist. So she has a book called How to Do the Work. And I feel like one of the biggest lessons that I learned from from reading that book was about my childhood trauma and how I tend to have this trauma response where I feel like I need to be an overachiever in order to feel worthy. And I felt like that was like a huge kind of mind blowing moment for me because I realized I would initiate and kind of be a workaholic in the past because I didn't feel worthy. And lately I'm learning that, yeah, lately I'm learning that I can still be persistent. I can still be ambitious and I can still take steps towards my goals, but I don't need to be a workaholic and I don't need to do that because I don't feel worthy. I kind of switched the mindset where because I feel worthy, I have a lot I can offer the world. And that's why I'm taking action instead of taking action out of fear that's super beautiful and also it reminds me that you know how today people are often praising that workaholic culture and about working nine to nine and being like go 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 all day but it's not healthy and so it's so good that actually to we're kind of like taking a step back today and I feel like a lot of people now are speaking up about how actually being a workaholic is not like a cool thing to say or to be doing because it's not healthy for your mind and for your body so that's what it reminded me of. <laughs> totally. I love like how our culture and society is kind of slowing down a bit since the pandemic. So I do feel like we are headed in a, in a good direction. Yeah. But I feel like the one lesson I did learn from my therapist would be that like there is a safe space like anywhere you go. 
um, if it's not with someone physically, then you could train even yourself and your thoughts to be, you know, okay, I am safe right where I am. Uh, there's actually this five, four, three, two, one technique, grounding technique. I don't know if you've heard of it. No, no, please. Okay, share. so we can actually, yeah, we'll actually do it right now. And if anyone's listening, they could do it like on the spot. So you basically have to, wherever you are, you can be even in the metro, in the subway in New York, you could do it. That's why it's so great. So you, first of all, just sit down and you look around you and you tell, you speak out loud of five things you can see. So you just say it like a book, water bottle, bed, could be anything. Then four things that you could touch. And so you actually touch it and then you describe it. So it could be like a cold desk, a warm water bottle, you know, anything like this. Then three things you can hear. So you just really listen around you and tell yourself what you're hearing. Two things you could smell. So when I was in the subway in New York, let me tell you, I did smell some things. And then one thing that you can taste, and usually it's like you take a sip of water or, you know, if you have something to eat, then you could put it in your mouth or whatever. And it really just grounds you and brings you back to like, okay, well, this is the present moment. I'm here. This is what I see, hear, feel, everything. And it's such an easy one that takes like two minutes to do, not even. And you, it makes such a big difference. Wow. I really love that. I feel like that's, that's very helpful. I'm definitely going to try that too when I'm Do it. out or something Yeah, feel grounded. Mm. Yeah. I feel like that will help me a lot. Yay. <laughs> so back to you. Okay. Uh, I have a question back to you about networking on Instagram. What are your mm -hmm. tips for finding people who you feel like you'll be aligned with? Like, are there certain hashtags you look up or what's kind of your process through that? So for me, it's more visually. So I would I would look at the photos, look at the caption, the way they write. Uh, I'm always looking. I mean, it, it depends for what, but if it's for BMG, then I would look for someone who also is into entrepreneurship. Or if it's just, you know, to share my experience, doesn't necessarily mean looking for new clients, but just networking in general. So anyone that I think would be interested in also the BMG aesthetic. So knowing my audience really helps me because then I could really focus on who to target. And if it would be hashtags, then I would definitely write relevant hashtags like entrepreneurship, like female entrepreneurship or, uh, you know, entrepreneurship work, entrepreneur, uh, young entrepreneurs also because I'm only 25. So it's cool that if I can meet other young people who started their business, um, that's about it. I feel like I feel like in the end, it's really with the language. If you read the caption, you could really see how the person is talking and then you could really know right away if it aligns with you or not. I like that. <clears throat> I feel like those are very like simple, actionable steps that people can try. Yeah. So how did you get your first few clients? Because I feel like that is like one of the hardest things about a business. Yeah, so I got really lucky again that uh, it really happened really fast at, during the first year. And it's only now that it's kind of slowing down, which I love because it all happened so quick at the beginning that I didn't have time to process and think. And now I have a lot of experience that I've gained that I could really, uh, you know, put in the work in a different way. Um, so the first three clients actually came through friends that I had while studying in Tel Aviv and in New York. So it was all through connections. Once again, the power of networking uh, is very present and really, really helped. 
So when I launched the website, I communicated about it on my personal account. And I said that it was that BMG launched. And then right away, people started talking about it right and left. And then after the first week, I had the first three clients. And there's one that are, we still are working with today. So it's really nice that, you know, I'm still very much connected to one of the first clients because I didn't know what I was doing when I started. And now I feel so much more mature and, um, you know, more responsive. I have more responsibilities also, and it's just more fun in general. So that's really nice. But I would say for, you know, if you're looking out for clients and you're doing prospection work, prospection is hard and it takes a lot of time. So you can use ads to help you. You can use engagement to help you just by engaging on Instagram simply. And also, once again, networking, because then you never know who will speak about your business. So far, there's only been one client that came through ads and the rest was only connections. I feel like, that's, yeah, that's a really good message, like to network. And because I feel like through a personal connection, it's much more like you just connect with a person and it's like more genuine yeah. And you say that you were you were lucky in getting the first few clients, but I feel like it's like people didn't see behind the scenes when you were already networking way before and making those connections before you launched. And I think that's truly what made it a successful launch because you did those pre-beginning steps. Yeah. And you know, I really said yes to every opportunity there was in Tel Aviv. I went to every event, every party, everything, every time I was even a bit tired. I spoke to the people, I added them on LinkedIn, I took their business cards, I sent them a message on WhatsApp, I just even to say hi, so at least they know my name, then they have me on LinkedIn, on Facebook, they know what I'm up to. And I know it sounds like aggressive and like invasive, but I mean, they didn't mind. I was just, you know, a simple hi, I wasn't like attacking them to get something out of them. But really like add those people on LinkedIn when you meet them. Um, I, I had a friend who was telling me about an event they went to and they took a photo of everyone at the event and then found them on LinkedIn afterwards because the photo was posted on Facebook and everybody tagged themselves. So, I mean, that's a bit, you know, intense and hardcore, but in the end, she got everyone on LinkedIn and now it's really helping her build the business also. So um, definitely like pro doing, you know, the fearless networking thing. That's awesome. So another question here I have is, did you have any like fears around charging people, like asking for money? I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs, business owners struggle with that. So how do you kind of handle that? And what were your thoughts around it? It makes me laugh because I will tell you a funny story. I actually told it yesterday on another podcast. Um, the first ever client that I got before those three clients, I was, you know, I didn't have the website launched yet, but yet heard that I was, you know, starting something. So we agreed that I would help him. And in my head, you know, I was so shy and so scared to ask for a price. So I figured that he would pay me, but I never sent an invoice or never, you know, talked about it. And then after a month of working together, I said, okay, well, I did so much for him. Like I'm going to send him an invoice without warning him or without even talking about a price at all. So I sent it to him and he called me, John, I thought this was a free trial. Like, what is this? Why am I getting charged now? And then I had to, you know, say, well, I thought I was getting paid. Like, this is so much work. I'm doing this and this and this and this. And he was like, yeah, but I mean, we should agree on that at the beginning. And that's when it was like a hit in the face. Like, okay, Sean, now you're actually like a business. You have to charge because you're doing so much valuable work. And so 
don't be scared to give a prize because in the end, the people that wants to work with you, they need you. And so it's more about them needing you than you needing them. I know sometimes like I was lucky that I was staying in my family. So financially, I didn't have an apartment. So I had the like privilege of saying no to people. And I know sometimes you have to say yes, because yes, it's, you know, money entering and that's, that's good also um, when you, you don't have another choice, but don't be afraid to ask for your price because your work is super valuable and, you know, time, I mean, is money. Like if you're helping someone, then it's as simple as it should be. Like you should be charging them. And in terms of like the pricing at the beginning, I was charging very low for an agency. I mean, I couldn't have like lived on my own with what I was charging. And then in January, as yes, 2021 hit, I told myself, okay, well, you know what? It's the new year. So I'm going to raise up the prices, not for the old clients and the current clients, but for the new ones coming in. And so far I've seen that any, everybody says yes, just because they need me more than I need them really. Like if they come up to you and they're interested, they know you're going to do a good work. They won't say no for the price. They want to understand the price and why you're charging them this. So I always make, you know, like kind of subtitles for each service of like, what it is it that I'm doing and why I'm charging this amount. But once they understand it, then they're more, you know, they're more lenient to say yes, because they know why it's that price. I really like that. I feel like it's like a huge communication lesson. Like you said, you were kind of uncertain, like nothing was really communicated with that client that you didn't know if you could charge them. I feel like that's a great lesson, just like in life and relationships too. Like when people are dating, sometimes they don't say what they want in the beginning. They're kind of expecting something. And then later, like it hits the fan and then you're like, I don't know, like what's happening. So I feel like that's a really, really good communication lesson. Yeah. And one of my values is embracing open communication just because within the team members, within the clients, if something's not working, if something, you know, is bothering anyone then I would really want them to reach out to me and tell me what's up instead of, you know, keeping it in and then it explodes because there's a miscommunication. So definitely, you know, whoever, whatever you're doing in life, embracing open communication is a great skill to have. Totally. So you have expanded your team now. You said you have three people on your team. How do you, how did you kind of choose these people and what do you do to foster the type of culture or environment that you want for your business? So at the beginning, we were five actually, and then some team members left. So now we're at three, but there's Clara, who's a community manager, and Trinity, who's a contributor writer and writes articles on the website. So really, I'm working more one-on-one with Clara because it's directly managing clients and the BMG account. To find everybody who worked with me, it was pretty easy because once again, it was through my own personal network. So when I posted that I was hiring, I got a lot of emails of CVs and all that. But I've had some, I would say, bad experiences with previously previous hiring so I think don't you know don't be scared to get someone who hasn't done what you're asking because you can train them and you can form them and then they're so excited because it's something new they've never they've never seen it they've never worked on it and then they really get passionate and then they also understand what they like and what they don't like 
and can really help you grow the company this way. Because I've taken people who I thought were super, super competent in what I was looking for, but in the end didn't bring any results. And that was, you know, the mistake here because I thought, okay, well, why would I get someone that never touched Canva? Like I need someone who knows how to make graphic design, but I could teach them. And so that's what's happening right now. And it's been such a good journey so far. Um, so yeah, I feel like, first of all, listen to your gut. Uh, you know, if they tell if it tells you someone's not, it's not going to work, then really listen to it. Uh, other than that, I feel like every lesson, every experience sorry, is a lesson. So even if it doesn't work out with someone, then you could really take it as a lesson for the next round of hiring that you do. Does that answer your question? Yeah, I do really like that. I feel like I have heard that from a few other business owners that I've talked to as well, where they would rather train someone who's new, fresh and excited rather than someone who already kind of has their ideas and they like they're already doing things a certain way because it might not be so easy to change their thoughts or their habits and kind of their tools that they're using. Yeah, well, I'm glad that I'm not the only one then. <laughs> totally. So how how do you kind of foster a good good uh, work culture between your teammates? Yeah. So yeah, that's what I forgot to say. So it's really important that you adapt and you're flexible to every new member coming in because everybody's different and everybody's going to work a different way. And the problem that I, that I've the mistake that I've made is that when the second team member came, I was expecting someone that would be like me or like the first team member that joined and it wasn't. And I think at the beginning I was, you know, a bit angry because I expected more from that person, but also I feel like in the end, you know, that's the way like she was working and I should have been super appreciative and grateful instead of being angry because it all turned out so well. And it was really quality work, even though it wasn't like as quick as what when I was working but then that was really also a big hit for me to tell myself okay well you really nurture a good relationship with the people you work with by being honest with them and telling them what works and what doesn't telling them their strengths also and their weaknesses and you know what not their weaknesses but what they could be like working better on and then also being you know staying true with yourself and telling yourself if they are a good match to work with you sometimes they won't and that's okay and sometimes they will, and you just have to be flexible to their needs also. And what I do is that I ask them, what do they like working on most? Because I really would love uh, to give them what they love working on rather than what they hate working on. And so if there's something I can work on that I like better and give them something that I don't like that they like better, then it's a win-win for both of us. And so that's, I really try to do that. Like once a month, I would ask them, you know, is there an article you prefer writing? Is there reels you prefer doing than something else? And then we, we go on from there. Wow, that, that's really helpful advice. I feel like that's, that's, yeah, that's very helpful. I'm sure a lot of entrepreneurs who are listening will benefit from this conversation. And we're Yay. coming to the end of the podcast here. But I do want to thank you for all your advice that you've given. And where can people find you online? Tell us your social media handles, your website, all of that. Yes. So my personal Instagram is at Sharon Brand. Um, it's private, but I will accept whoever is listening and, you know, like clicking on. Um, and then my business Instagram is at Brands Media Group. And the website is also brandsmediagroup.com. So if any of you have any questions on social media or just want to say hi, uh, please feel free to send me a message. I love answering all my DMs. 
And yeah, thank you so much, Jacqueline, for the opportunity. And that was such a good talk. I loved it. Yeah, thank you so much for all your insight. I feel like it's truly amazing how you've gotten all this experience at such a young age. Like you said, you're only 25. I feel like you learned so many of the things that took me so long to learn and I'm still learning. So that's, that's very inspiring. Thank you. And yes, I'm also learning also. Every day I feel like is a new, you know, learning experience. Totally. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much.